Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark. My version is the CEB, and I don't think that I told uh, Megan when she made the slide, but it is still God's word, so we are going to read from the CEB version. Mark 1, chapter 9. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. While he was coming up from the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the Spirit, like a dove, coming upon him. And there was a voice from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love dearly, and you I find happiness. At once the Spirit forced Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. This is the word of life for the people of God. Amen. So a couple of weeks ago, I was driving home to Wewoka. It seems like I haven't been there in ages, um, but it's probably only been since the beginning of the semester. But um, it was pretty urgent because it involved money. My high school called me the day before. Um, they told me my scholarship funds for the academic year of 2017 um, were available to be picked up. And as I've always said, the easiest way to a millennial's heart is easy money and free food. So I jumped on this opportunity, um, dropped everything that I was doing, and headed home where I would be fed a free meal from my mom <laughs> and along the way would pick up my scholarship. So I went home, I did exactly that, stayed the night, ate my mom's food, uh, woke up the next morning, warmed up the car, headed to my alma mater to pick up the scholarship fund. It's about 8 o'clock in the morning, and the sun was on the horizon, and it was so bright and blinding. Now, mind you, this is a small, royal community. Um, we don't have big, tall skyscrapers or big buildings to block out the sun. There was no escaping the blinding presence. So here I am, driving along, all blinded, trying to figure out how I'm going to make it around this huge curve, um, and all I can see in front of me are lights and a silhouette of a car bumper that I'm trying to follow. My mom would say, this is the blind leading the blind, and that's truly what it was. Everything else was so fuzzy from the light of the sun, and all of a sudden, I see these lights in front of me kind of drift off to the side. Now, I'm just thinking at this time that the car is trying to pull over so they can wait and wait for the sun to come up some more or something. But eventually, the car never slowed down, and it just kept going and kept going. And we're going around this huge curve, and I'm nervous because they go around the guardrail on the side of the road down into a huge ditch where they landed. Now, as I see this happening, panic pulls just takes over my body as I pull over, and the absolute worst scenarios are going through my head at this time. I'm thinking, the car flipped, it's on fire, the driver's trapped inside, there's no way they're going to get out. These are all the things that are going through my head. So I get out of the car, there's another car behind me who also happens to see this car go down this ditch. We made eye contact and immediately sprang into action. I began running down the hill, 
um, <laughs> running down this ditch. All I have on is chacos, my sandals, um, not even real shoes, trying to make it down to this person. And I find going down that hill, I can only see the top of the car. Um, and as I get closer and closer, I see the car is safe. I see there's an older lady in the car with her dog, and everything is fine. So finally, I make it to the car, and the lady is trying to back out of the ditch, but it's morning, there's dew on the ground, there's no way that she's going to be able to back up. Um, so she rolls down the window, and I said, hey, I'm glad to see you're okay, um, but I don't know if you're going to be able to get out of here without any help, because the ground is wet. And she says, oh, well, I have slick-resistant tires, um, I'll eventually get out. I said, well, okay. Um, looking at the car, obviously it's not moving anywhere, so I'm, I just say, well, okay, well, I'm glad you're, you're okay, and um, I just wanted to make sure you have a phone on you before I leave, um, just in case you don't find a way out. She said, yes, I have a phone. She thanked me for stopping, um, was very appreciative of it, um, and I, walking up the hill, my adrenaline is now gone, um, so I look down and start feeling all the little stickers that are in my feet from um, not wearing any real shoes to trying to help this lady. And honestly, I was kind of disappointed that she didn't need my help. I just kind of thought that it was a waste of a journey, but I'm glad that she was okay. Sometimes we as Christians and we as human beings can be like this particularly those of us working in ministry. Now, when I say those of us working in ministry, I really mean all of us. If you are a Christian, you are a minister. You are in the ministry. Whether you sing in the choir, you serve on a committee, you're a pastor of a church, you volunteer in some way, shape, or form, if you claim the Christian title, you are a minister and called to love and make disciples. We as Christians we as ministers become so blind to what the world offers, we become so overwhelmed by the weight of our calling, and we lose sight of the road and find ourselves stuck in a ditch. And even more than that, we know all we have to do is reach out for help. But often we think that because our wills are slick resistant, we can handle it all on our own. In other words, when things get tough, when we feel so overwhelmed, instead of turning to God in our time of need, we forget about God, and we try to figure out things on our own, which leads us to living a life without Christ and excluding God from our ministry. A buddy of mine came to me the other day, um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, and he said, Pastor Jay, all of my friends at school, all of my buddies on the cheer team call me Pastor Jay because he just thinks, it, thinks it's so funny. But he said, Pastor Jay, if Jesus promised to be with us always, why do I feel so lonely? I was stunned. How was I supposed to answer this question? After several seconds of silence, I said, well... Let me ask you this question. How is your spirituality? And all along in my head, I'm thinking, yes, Jay, that was a good one. Good save. <laughs> but he told me his spirituality wasn't so good because he wasn't at the best point in his life. 
Here's where we get things backwards. When things get hard, we stop trusting in God and we start leaning on our own understanding when instead, these are the times we should put our trust in God the most. As we begin our sermon series on the spiritual journey, we will look at the life of Jesus from the perspective of our text as he demonstrates ways of staying true to our ministry. He did this through prayer, spending time with God, and all of those things helped him trust God even in the midst of trials and temptations. Our text begins with John the Baptist baptizing Jesus in the river, the Jordan River, While Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw the sky split open and the Spirit of God fell upon him. This was Jesus accepting his call to follow and serve God. Soon after, in verse 11, God says to Jesus, You are my son, you are my chosen one. I have a mission for you, and although it won't be easy, I need you to trust that I will guide you in the process. Jesus accepted his call, and immediately things got crazy. Soon after he accepted that call to ministry, the Spirit led him to the wilderness. The other gospel suggests that Jesus was tempted by Satan, but Mark doesn't tell us exactly why, and we don't know exactly what happened out there. But what we do know is that whatever happened strengthened Jesus and prepared him for his ministry. See, Jesus went on with his calling, even though it was hard. We find times when Jesus trusts in God, even if he doesn't understand, because he understood that it's not about him, it's about doing God's work. Nadia Bolt Weber tells an account of this. Nadia is the author of a New York Times bestseller, Accidental Saints, Finding God and All the Wrong People. She's the founding pastor of House for All Sinners and Saints in Denver, Colorado. She tells a story of a CEO starting to visit her church. It was strange to her. This man was the normal of the normal, which didn't fit her views of what she had for the church. To Nadia, her church was a person, was a church for all persons on the outside of the margins. People of color, immigrants, gays, normal people just did not belong there in her mind. Over time, Nadia said, God changed her heart and God showed her that the church is truly for all people and no one should be excluded. Putting our trust in God in the midst of trials and temptations or when we don't understand or when God's plans are opposite from our own from our own plans is tough but i would say to you although it's not perfect it gets a lot easier when we spend time in prayer and when we spend time with god as cliche as it may sound prayer is an important part of the spiritual journey again jesus understood that if we took jesus's life and looked at it after his time in the wilderness. Jesus is found practically in a constant state of prayer. He even goes on to teach the Lord's Prayer in the Gospel. Our Muslim brothers and sisters, 
are faithful to this practice. For Muslims, the five day, they have five, days, five times throughout the day that they commit to prayer. Prayer is among the most important obligation in the Islamic faith. Prayer reminds the faithful of God and the many opportunities we have to seek guidance and forgiveness. Church, prayer is a relationship wherein we humbly communicate and worship and seek God, knowing that God hears us, loves us, and responds. The more we incorporate prayer into our lives, the more we are able to trust and sense the leading that God has on us. And the last thing I would say is spending time with God is a fundamental part of the spiritual journey. We often get so busy and so overwhelmed by our lives, by our time in the ministry. We forget, or the first thing that we let go of is our personal time with God. This leaves us feeling empty. Like my friend, this leaves us feeling alone, and it creates more problems. Pastor Harry from Mosaic tells a story of when he was a professor in Chicago, he had two young children who often woke him up at 2 a.m. He found it difficult to fall back to sleep, so he went to his office in hopes to get some work done. Even though he wanted to get some work done, often more times than not, he would actually use that time and dedication um, to spending with God. Larry said, spending that time with God radically changed his faith. Spending time with God is a relationship builder through which we draw nearer to God. It allows us to become more vulnerable and trusting. I don't know what your spiritual life may look like right now. Maybe you have it all figured out. Maybe you have this down to a T. Maybe you just need a simple reminder. I wasn't going to do this, but I strongly felt a conviction from God for me to tell you all, someone needs to hear this. I don't know exactly who, but I feel God saying to us that church doesn't have to be a place that you feel like you have to be perfect to walk in the doors. Church is a place for you to bring all your imperfections. Be vulnerable about them. We're not Christians because things are perfect. We are Christians because we understand that we need God's grace. You don't have to be perfect to walk in the doors. And you don't have to give off a perfect life knowing that you belong and you are welcomed here because Jesus loves you is all that you need. But I encourage you all to spend some extra time in prayer this week. Spend some intentional time, an intentional 30 minutes. Set 30 minutes aside this week to spend time quiet and alone, free from all distractions, just to see what God might have to say to you. Friends, living our lives, living our call to ministry as Christians is exhausting, and it's hard. Sometimes our cups are empty. But through prayer and spending time with God, 
Our cups are filled. We become trusting. And we have a strength to carry on throughout our spiritual journey. And I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.